0: The Lay and Show. BitMEX, the OG crypto derivatives platform and the best place to buy your Bitcoin. Things really are just starting to heat up. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Leia Pan Show. We are back doing our virtual interviews, and I'm so excited for this episode. Now, before I bring on my guests, I do want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by BitMEX. BitMEX is the OG crypto derivatives exchange and now has a spot exchange for you to buy and sell your Bitcoin. Especially in a bear market, you really need a name that you can trust. And BitMEX sets the standard for reliability, performance, and transparency. And of course, has proved in itself through multiple bear cycles. So that's very important. Now, right now, BitMEX is actually celebrating the start of BitMEX spot with $1 million in USD to give away. So to enter, all you have to do is um, trade the equivalent of $250. Um, so you can grab some Bitcoin during the crash for $250. You can actually enter up to 25 times, um, and one lucky winner can even receive $500,000 in Bitcoin. I think that sounds pretty great. So um, if you do want to get involved, all the information for you is. Um, in the description on YouTube. So definitely check out BitMEX. That is the best place to buy your Bitcoin. Now, before I bring on my guest today, please don't forget to hit the like button and hit subscribe as we are having conversations that sort of not allowed to have. So I'm very excited uh, to do this. Now, joining me today is the co-founder of the well-known Blexit movement. He's a former Tuscan police officer. He's the founder of the Tatum Report. He's also a CEO, speaker and entrepreneur. It is Brandon Tatum. Brandon, welcome to the show.
1: Ah, oh, thank thank you for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. I'm really excited. Um you have done so much. Um i I love what you're doing, the movement that you're starting and that you're a part of. Um so before we get into all all of that, I'm really curious, how did you make the jump from police officer to entrepreneur and starting your own channel?
1: Well, uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. I have to first say that I think that God was had an instrumental part in in in, you know, constructing that. Uh, I, I started out, you know, uh, as a football player. I was an All-American football player coming out of high school. I was the top player in the nation, one of the top players in the nation. I went to college. I played football in college. And I just knew I was going to play in the NFL. And, and you know, just like other things in life, adversity hit. Things don't turn out the way you believe. I was in the 2010 NFL draft. Didn't get drafted. Football wasn't working out for me. And so I decided to become a police officer. And, and that was a a pretty interesting story on how I became a police officer, given my background. However, um, I did a ride along and I was inspired. I rode with an officer named Sean Payne. I said, man, this is a hero and I wanna be a hero like Sean. So I joined the police department. I was a police officer for six and a half years. Um, I was on a SWAT team. I was a field training officer. I, I taught officers how to become officers as a field, as a, as a uh, FTO, um, which I, which I just said before. Um, and then while I was a police officer, I, I began to become a lot more political. You know, I wasn't politically involved. I didn't follow politics or anything like that. Um, but I started to become more political because of my co-workers would, would, would inform me that, hey, man, I think that you need to be more involved. This is what you believe that your stance is. This is what you really believe, you know, based on your Christian faith. And so I, I started to get into uh Looking at the Republican Democrat Party and all of that, I made a video about a Donald Trump rally that I went to in 2016 and it went viral. I mean, people Mm -hmm. were just amazed at what I had to say, just my genuine approach and perspective from just showing up at a rally, not watching it on television, not believing what everybody said. I actually showed up and went there and I was impressed, went viral so I started making videos as a police officer and they were all doing very, very well 2017. I made a video about Colin Kaepernick because I was very disappointed in his approach to kneeling for the national anthem. And that went mega viral. That video has 70 million views. And so that opened up the opportunity for a, a company out of Anthem, Arizona. They offered me a position to be a, the spokesperson of their conservative Tribune network. And I accepted the job. It was supposed to be only one year. I said, hey, I'm going to go and try this and I'll go back to being a police officer. Then I met Candace Owens. Me and Candace Owens started Blexit. Then we worked for Turning Point USA and then it just began to grow in that way. And I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, when I got saved, I believe the sky's the limit. I believe if you go out and pursue excellence, you can accomplish it and it can become a reality. And so even when I was a cop, I wanted to do greater things. And so now the opportunity presented itself where I could no longer be a cop. I mean, I was I was already far removed from it. And then I said, you know what? I want to start my own clothing company. I want to you know, I want to start my own network for news. I want to build my YouTube channel, which we've been able to build to about two million subscribers. And, And it's just been me going up in an upward trajectory ever since.
0: It's just so amazing. And I think that's so fascinating that you started out um, as a police officer, particularly because of all the hate that we're seeing right now towards officers. And we'll get into that, you know, the whole all cops are bad thing. We'll get into that. Um, but I, I wanted I want to understand more about Blexit because there's this So I'm British, but something that I'm noticing um, in America is this um, obsession between race and division. Um, and I'm not I'm not understanding why somebody like President Biden would say, you know, you're not black if you don't vote for me. That for me is just like so mind blowing. So why was Brexit so necessary? What is the issue here in the States?
1: Well, yeah, in the States, we have a tremendous issue with politicians lying and being fake. And we have an issue of misrepresenting political positions because people are under the impression that the Democrat party is the party of the people. They actually are the party of slavery. And then you go through the Democrat um, platform and they have been terrible to black people all these years. For some reason, they've been able to brainwash a lot of people into believing that they really care about them more than the Republican party. So when you look at the political perspective, Blexit, all we want to do is get people to open their eyes to what is true not necessarily a political party. We could care less what political party you're part of. We just want you to know the truth. And so when you're going out and and you're looking at voting or you're looking at building a family, we want to make sure that you are becoming the best version of yourself, the most informed, and you're a leader in the community. And so we're trying to raise up a generation of people or help raise a generation of people um, that are truth seekers and they can go out and become the best version of themselves by relying on the truth and not political correctness and all this other stuff that we see in the United States of America. But to to answer your point about somebody like Joe Biden is that these people, in my opinion, many of these politicians are worried about reelection. They're worried about pushing an agenda. They don't really care about people. And one of the ploys that the Democrat Party has had on, on black people in America is that they have been brainwashing black people or threatening them and making them feel bad and humiliating them if they don't vote for Democrats. And so when Joe Biden tells uh, on Charlemagne the Guy's show, he says, if you don't know if you want to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black. That means your whole identity and purpose is is associated exclusively with Democrats. No matter what they do or say, it's exclusively associated. And I think it's disgusting. And in our country, we really need to see a change where people can start uniting instead of being separated on, on color lines, religion and all this other crazy stuff that's really superficial in the grand
0: scheme of things. I just think saying something like that is just from my perspective is like the epitome of racism. Like we actually had a, a British politician, um, and she's Indian and she called a black politician superficially black the other day because he spoke well and because he, um, is very well educated. Like how, do, how, how, where's that cognitive dissonance? Like how do they not realize like that is so insulting?
1: Well, it's a, it's a, it's a concept called brainwashing. Like, well, people, if you just say you grew up in an environment, And all you see on the television is a certain perspective being pushed towards you. All you listen to on the music, all you see in in movies, all you hear from the politicians that are actually present in your community, that you begin to be brainwashed into believing that uh, the illusion is actually true. And when these people come out and they say outlandish things because of the brainwashing and because of. Your identity being associated with these people being your friends, when mm. you see them do something, it's, it's almost impossible for you to come out and say, "Well, wait a minute, the guy in which I've been voting for, supporting, and I believe that was the, the 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 contributing factor to my success is a racist." What am I gonna do with this? And 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 so people they they continue to like evade the issue. You know, they say in our country that Donald Trump is some racist crazy person. Donald Trump has never said. That if you don't know who you want to vote for, you ain't black. He has never said, and and, and Joe Biden has made mention that Hispanics are more open minded than black people. I mean, all of these uh, terms that that he's painting black people with a broad brush is, in my opinion, racist. And and I'm gonna say this: uh, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama went to the funeral of a former Klans member named Robert Byrd. Also. There's other uh, racist individuals who are historically racist in our country that were mentors to Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. So I think a lot of people are waking up when somebody like myself tell the truth and present it to them. They go do the research. But it is a, a generation of brainwashing that is going on. that's caused this to be uh, the way it is in our country.
0: What about the did you have any backlash when you started Blexit from other black members of your community?
1: A hundred percent. I mean, when I when I came out and made a video about Donald Trump, I mean, I got tremendous backlash. People at my church quit talking to me. People that I went to school with quit talking to me. said I'm a uncle Tom Coon sellout. And all I did was go to the rally and listen to what the man said. And I said, I agree with everything he's saying. And to be honest, a lot of people do. But because mm. of social pressure, they can't. You know, but I got a lot of backlash. And even in Blexit, there's a lot of people hating on us. Oh, y'all don't really y'all not in the black community and all this so crazy stuff that they say. But we have over 40. I think we are 43, almost 45 chapters all over the country. So we're in 45 different states. I mm-hmm. mean, we're, we're, we're progressing. We're growing all over the country because people can get with the message of truth. And, and not and not division and all this other stuff that we see. So we get backlash. But, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, Jesus, they hated Jesus. The, anybody that's successful, anybody that's doing something that breaks the mold or make people feel uncomfortable because they're too afraid to pursue. They get uncomfortable and they say things to you. So, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't bother us at all, but it does happen.
0: So I've been following a lot of your content um, and you talk a lot about woke culture. Um, So I'm interested to know, what would you say the biggest issue in American society is right now?
1: Um, I think cowardice. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people are cowardice. Um, They are afraid to stand up for what's right versus standing up for what the mob wants them to believe, right? So if you come out and you see a situation where you see drag queens performing in front of little kids, you know, Stevie Wonder can see that there's something wrong with that. (laughs) However because most people are too afraid to get counseled. They are too afraid to say anything because they don't want to be trans- homophobic and all this stuff. They sit back on the sideline and they allow these atrocities to continue to be pursued in our country, which leads to a slippery slope. So I say a lot of people weren't raised to be strong, weren't raised to be uh, confident and stand for what's right. People are raised to follow the mob and shut up. And if everybody's going left, you need to go left and not be seen. Um, and I think that that is causing a lot of confusion and chaos in our country. And we've seen it in Nazi Germany, the same thing. I mean, people probably knew that what Hitler was doing was crazy, but people don't want to say anything because it's the, mm-hmm. it's the popular way in which to respond to society is to follow this, even though it was really following a dictator off a cliff, uh, murdering innocent people. So uh, we, ha- we deal with this exact same thing in the United States of America, just not to that extent. But I think that it could get to that extent if we don't ch- make a change.
0: But it's interesting that you say you think a lot of people are um, just following the mob because I sort of feel like people actually believe this stuff, like in the name of doing good, right? Like, I think the other day, uh, I, I saw you talking about um, the the transgender teacher who had the fake breasts, the man, um, and like saying that that's bad is, is, not, is not allowed. I mean, I, I'm kind of confused. I, I, I do think people are brainwashed and actually do believe this stuff. Like, I think they think it's OK.
1: Well, I think that what's happening is that they are some of them are afraid to have an opinion. Right. So when you look at a man that was last mm-hmm. year, he was a man. Now, some there were some reports and rumors that this guy is really trolling or whatever. But anyway, you see a person that's a man. He's a masculine individual one year. And the next year, he's not only a woman, but he's a woman with jugs that are coming out way out here like they want to drag on the ground and they're fake mm-hmm. they're not even real and they're, they're just over the top any rational person will look at that and say something is not right with what this person is doing i something is wrong with this person but nobody's going to say that because according to the school policy they are in, in total uh, agreement with whatever position that this guy wants to be in because he's a part of the protected class according to that particular school's uh laws or bylaws you cannot have a shirt that exposes your nipples or areola you can't have a shirt that expose those things he is doing exactly what the school district says you the students cannot do but the, like i said if a person comes out and says that is wrong they will get bombarded you're transphobic you so that i think there's some people that are afraid to think for themselves right and then they fall into a half-baked perspective on these things right they've not thought it through if you talk to many people about transphobia what is transphobia they, they have not thought it through they know the talking points they know what the classmates are saying they will regurgitate that in a in a in a, in a um you know a spontaneous interview But when you ask them to think it through, they have no real answer because they haven't thought about it. So I do think that people actually believe some of this stuff in a half-baked, you know, mentality.
0: Mm, Yeah. And in terms of these narratives that are being pushed right now, um, mainly I'd say from the left, what would you say is like the biggest lie that that we're being told to believe right now?
1: oh my god there's so many uh i I would say that america's is is systemically racist that that's that's Mm -hmm. the biggest lie that they've ever told in a a second to well I, i would say a close second is climate change and then uh i i don't know what the third one would be um but america is racist like i mean that's that's the most ridiculous perspective i have ever heard of i have never experienced racism in my life and i have experienced people saying racist things to me but it has yes. zero power it has no power over me like a guy called me the n-word when i was a police officer S- so what well somehow i can't arrest you now or somehow you know I- i'm going to go home and lose my paycheck and-, and i can't even you know exist in america because you called me a name that's no different than you calling me a b-word uh you uh, calling me stupid or Whatever. It's just a word in America today. Racism has no power over people. You know, and I think it's very obvious. You know, we had Barack Obama was voted overwhelmingly as the first black president of the United States of America. And it was a ton of white people. Republicans voted for him. So, you know, it's a myth, but they need it to be true so they can push propaganda and and isolate us in different areas. Black, you against white, Hispanic, you against black. You know, we're all against each other. And then they, every every cycle, they can say, you know what? We're going to solve this problem of racism. We're going to solve mm-hmm. this problem. Black people are not treated fairly in America. It's like, it's the dumbest thing ever. We, we get treated. I mean, look, look at the things we've been able to accomplish. I mean, look at the some of the most popular people in the United States of America are black athletes and black rappers and entertainers. I mean, people would literally worship at their feet if they saw them in public. It, it's, just, it's just not a true uh, sentiment and, and a true experience here in America.
0: So there's an important distinction to be made then, um, in terms of racism versus institutional racism, like racism exists, like sexism exists, like anything exists. Right. Um, but the institutional side is is different. That's what you're saying. There's a huge distinction. Yes.
1: Yes. There's some knuckleheads in a cornfield running in circles that hate black people for some reason or Jews or whatever. You know, there's people who have this hatred in them. It's never going to stop. Some people hate women. Some people hate successful people. Mm-hmm. You know, some people hate poor people. I mean, it's, the hate is human nature and is never going to stop. But to say that this is systemic, meaning that there's a there's a, a perpetuation of it or is systematic, meaning that there are systems in place that are uh, allowing racism in our country. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you do a crime against a person because of their race, you will be charged with a hate crime. If you refuse to allow a person service in this country because because of their race, you are discriminating against them, and your business license will be taken away from you. So, there is systems in place to prevent racism in America and hold people accountable who do uh, exercise uh, racism here. So, it's it's a big it's a big lie. And let me say this: I think the lie is also that it's pervasive, meaning that it's a lot of racism going on. It's like that's not true. There's mm-hmm. like a few people that are racist. Many people who probably are racist never are outwardly racist because they can't be. In their mm-hmm. heart, they may be like, I don't like black people. Or, I don't like white people. But in, in, the, in their normal everyday practice, it's almost impossible to pursue that. The same thing with law enforcement officers. There may be some racist cops at that. It's like, I can't stand black people. I don't want to patrol this area anymore. But in their actions, they literally have to put their lives on the line to protect black people in the inner city communities. So, you know. It's, it's I think that I wish that we would change the narrative here in the United States of America.
0: How Um. how destructive is it to the black community to keep telling them that they're oppressed and that the world hates them?
1: It's, it's, it's completely uh, uh. paralyzing, immobilizing, because if you grow up thinking, well, I mean, everything is against me, then the, the lenses that you see the world through is a negative lens. Which will lend you negative results if your mind Mm. is always, "I'll never be a doctor because black people can't be doctors in this country." Every time you get pulled over by a police officer, "I'm going to die because I'm black." You know, it's it's and you you live in a sense of trauma without actually experiencing any trauma. You you're you're projecting that you're going to experience things that are not even true. And then the young men who grow up black and they don't believe in pursuing excellence. Because why would, you, why would you want to be a billionaire? Why would you want to be the biggest uh, investor mogul in, in the world? Because you believe that somehow a white man is going to hold you down so you don't pursue. And therefore, only the elite rise to the top and not an influx of, of people that are everyday folks that work hard in this country, do the right thing, stay out of the criminal justice system, get, get married before having children. All of those things, we, we, we suppress them. And, they, and they, it's, it's this uh, victimhood mentality and generational trauma that gets passed down to different people. And and that's why you see, I think, uh, generally speaking, you see people in the black community just not accelerating like other communities.
0: So how, how does Blexit aim to, I guess, just break all of that down and sort of uh, inspire the younger generation to do better?
1: It's through education, because the biggest problem is that people are not educated. It's just like if somebody was going uh, into, you know, uh, doing Bitcoin. If mm-hmm. you don't know if you don't know anything about it, you're not educated. You don't have anybody to teach. You're not going to be as successful. And it's the same thing about America, about life, about history. If you're not educated on what the truth is, how can you then proceed forward in the most you know, profitable way or the most, you know, say methodic? way in which you could be successful right so i think that with blexit we want to educate people what is the true history in the united states of america how do you build your credit how do you uh function as a father in a family what is the most important uh way in which to succeed how do you have integrity you know how did our forefathers do such great things in in the early in the late 1800s early 1900s who was booker t washington Why is he an important figure? If he could do it, you can do it. You know, Booker T. Washington developed the Tuskegee uh, Institute. You have George Washington Carver, who is one of the greatest inventors of all time. Ben Carson, who is one of the the greatest neurosurgeons of all time to ever exist, pediatric neurosurgeon. Nobody's ever done anything. uh, Nobody has ever done um, to the extent they have not done what Ben Carson has done when it comes to his particular medical field. so. Learning about those things, understanding what success looks like. And then you can say go out in the world and be prosperous, looking through the lens of reality and success and not victimhood and racism.
0: It all sounds really good to me. I, I don't know why um, they, uh, they're not okay with it. I don't know why they're trying to um keep everybody down. Well, I guess I know why they're trying to keep everyone down. Yeah. Control, obviously. Um you mentioned climate change. Uh that's a hot topic. Um, why do you think climate change is a lie?
1: Well, I just don't see the consistency there. When you look at the climate, sci- the climate scientists, uh, many of them disagree. I have seen scientists that say climate change is real, and, and we are going to die if we don't do something about it. And I see some that says carbon emissions at this point is inconsequential to climate change. There's no, there's no legitimate tie to to a, a climate temperature increase um, to carbon emissions. So when you when you look at both sides, you say I don't know which one is right. How are they picking one side and not? Um, you know, listening to these other scientists that are contradicting the ones that they are holding up on a pedestal and they're all equally qualified. And then I also look at common sense. Now I could be wrong, but I'm a a man of common sense. Scientists claim that the world has been around for billions of years. We have only been emitting carbon into the atmosphere for probably the last hundred years. You're saying it's, it's been billions of years in a 100 years of these little tiny cars pumping carbon emission out into the atmosphere in a world that's primarily filled with water. And, and it's not even uh, um, like in Africa. The, look at the continent of Africa. How many people are driving cars in Africa? That's the biggest continent in the world. You know, you got places that are desolate. People are not even people are not even driving. This not even as prolific of motor vehicle transportation in a in a condensed area like China or somewhere like that. It, 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 so, and this is just my opinion because I'm a, I'm allowed as a as an American citizen to have an opinion about these things. It just does not sound reasonable to me. And then when you look at their approach to it, you say, okay, India, China has eighty percent of carbon emission, eighty percent of all the carbon emissions that they claim is causing global warming. We're only a small fraction of it. Okay, that's fine. What are we doing about it? Now, if they wanted to be competitive in the market and say, let's create clean energy. Let's do electric cars. Let's have it compete against uh, diesel engines and V12 uh, supercars. Let them compete in the marketplace and, and, and make the best man win. That's not what they're doing. They're saying, we need to get rid of every car except electric. We need to go clean energy and solar panels. And when you look at it, you say, Where are they plugging the electric cars into? They're plugging it into a system that's burning coal. I mean, burning uh, fossil fuel. They're lying to you. If you look at California, California, only a third of their uh, charging ports are working in San Francisco. And then they're talking about making every car in in California electric. And then Electric had that little heat wave that came through. I mean, California had the heat wave that came through. And they have to, the governor is telling them to turn their air conditioning off. Because it's too much demand on the system. Now, how on God's green earth are you going to have millions of electric cars, and you can't even have a, a five five uh, a five degree temperature increase over the weekend without completely destroying the system? And, mm-hmm. and and it just makes me feel like these people have an agenda. It's a money making strategy for them. They keep us in fear. It was COVID, and now it's climate change again. And so it that those are the things that make me very skeptical. Could there be Uh, a true to climate increase or whatever it may be but the way they're presenting i have no clear evidence that nothing that they're saying is true and so i'm going off of my logic and reasonableness to come to a conclusion until i see something unequivocal
0: yeah i mean you only need to see how they all just get on their own private jets uh and fly across the world um to talk about the climate if it was that bad they could do it on a zoom meeting you know i don't know why they couldn't talk about it on a zoom call
1: 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, Gavin Newsom is flying a private jet places. Right. It <laughs> is. He tells the city, he comes on a thing, he says, "Please help us. Make sure you turn your electric to 78 degrees. It's not even that bad." And then the LA Rams have a football game at a facility with 80,000 people burning electricity like it's going out of style. It's like, how, "How how is electricity so bad in 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 the city or at least in especially in LA when you got a facility with a with a TV screen that was like twenty billion dollars to build this, mean, well not twenty billion. It was like several hundred mm. million dollars to build this TV screen that wrap around the stadium, eighty thousand people in this in this arena, full of lights and entertainment, and, and I mean they they probably spent they probably spent a hundred thousand dollars every time they turn the lights on in that place. <laughs> it's, it's the most power sucking place in, in probably all of Metro LA, and, but yeah. it's totally fine. You can have football games, but you gotta you know. Turn out, turn your life down just because it's too much demand on the system. These people are hypocrites.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, watch what they do, uh, not what they say. Um, Drag Queen Story Hour is actually um, a thing which has been blowing my mind. Um, It's sort of the new favorite idea, and it's kind of escalated from uh, Drag Queen Story Hour to children now having the privilege of seeing them twerking in front of them. It's so wild. So what is your take? Why do you think they they need children to accept this ideology so much? Like it really is pushed on the kids
1: because I think there's a bigger agenda here. It's not like some innocent people just trying to entertain and have a good time. No, they have a methodic plan to to get to the children and, and, and change the next generation to be more accepting to their pedophilia. And I'm telling you right now, people probably think I'm crazy. This LGBTQ movement, not the people, because there are some people that are gay, whatever, they just trying to live their life. But the movement has an agenda and there are certain people behind this agenda to push pedophilia in America. They started out by saying, we just want to love who we love. Let us come out and be gay. OK, that's fine. OK, now we want a civil union now. That means we want to be in a similar relationship like marriage. Okay, okay. no, no. Now we want marriage. Now we have to redefine marriage in America, redefine biblical marriage to accommodate. And now we don't just want to get married. Now we want 45 genders. And now we don't just want 45 genders. Now we want kids to transition at seven years old. And now kids can transition at seven year old. Now we want to change the term from pedophilia to minor attractive persons. And then now we don't want to just have drag shows for adults. We want children to participate in drag shows. And now we don't just want a drag queen to read story hour. We want to start stripping in front of the kids. I mean, this is a slippery slope that's leading to pedophilia. And if you look at any historical generation of people, it don't have to be just the United States of America. We're a very new uh, development of a society. You look at history. I mean, pedophilia has been around since the beginning of time men have been taking advantage of young women and children from the beginning of time. We see priests in the Catholic church taking advantage of young boys. We see uh, Jeffrey Epstein have an Island where he, he's taking little kids and sex trafficking in him and, and, and Clinton and other people on his airplane flying there with him. We don't know what they did, but they on a plane with him going to pedophile Island. This guy's the most prolific pedophile in the United States history. And he ended up dying mysteriously in the jail with no guards as they fell to sleep. But, you know, you see things like this, and you're like, there is a sick, demonic, anti God agenda that is being pushed, and we are thinking, let's just let live and let live. But they are pushing something completely different. There is no reason that an adult thinks it's appropriate to shake his, you know what, in front of little children. What grown man thinks that makes sense? And then dressing like a woman while doing it, mm. it's, it's 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 crazy to me. There's an agenda there.
0: You say uh, this pedophile agenda, but like whose agenda is it? Like who is behind all of this?
1: I think it's the godless amongst us. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is the progressive left. So the progressive left in our country, they're godless. They don't want God to be retained in our consciousness. Many of them don't even believe in God. And so when you don't believe in God, you're susceptible to the enemy. And I think that their God is the government. Their God is themselves. And the wicked mind of the of the average person can concoct all kinds of ridiculous things. And in their pursuit to rebel directly against God, they're like. So, if, for instance, God says marriage is between a man and a woman. They don't want God. So they say marriage is between whoever you want it to be. You know, there's the there's the, the sanctity of life. Right. When, when you look at the abortion situation. They Instead of them saying life starts at conception and we're just OK with murdering, they want to do the exact opposite. You should be able to murder all your children until they're, you know, whatever, until they're born. And some of them even think post post-birth abortion is, is reasonable. But, you know, so the, the, the total rebellion of God is what caused them to, to go down a slippery slope of, of, of ridiculousness, evilness and also pedophilia and, and, and falling after their own sexual lusts and all of the above. And I think this it's just, it's the rebellion against God that's creating this. And some of these people may not understand that they may be thinking they're doing the right thing, but they're really falling down a slippery slope.
0: So let's go into this religion, uh, area a little bit more. Um, it is interesting because, um, America has a very strong uh, religious kind of like tone to it. There are a lot of uh, Christian Republicans. Um, So what is that connection then between um, a lack of religion um, and then liberal behavior?
1: See, I liken it to lack of relationship, right? Because a lot of people have relationships with God. And and, and especially in Judeo-Christian, in a Judeo-Christian perspective, is having a relationship with Jesus christ our lord and savior right so people who are truly christian are pursuing the christian message they understand that personal relationship they understand accountability they want to live right they want to be uh saved they want salvation all of these things but you follow the message of jesus christ which is you know uh being married and and treating people the way you want to be treated love your neighbor and all these different things that made our country develop into what it is today being a great country however Unfortunately, everybody's not following that path. So then you have people who do not have a savior, do not have God, do not have the spirit of God retained in their consciousness. And they begin to lose uh, uh, humanity because mm-hmm. you think about it. You say I'm just going to break a couple points from the Bible. You say the Bible says you should not fornicate. You should get married before you have children. There's a lot of people that are suffering right now because they had children out of wedlock and they're not married. So they're not raising children in a two-parent home. And if you look at the statistics in the United States of America and probably around the world, fatherless homes are contributing factors to people going on drugs, suicide, everything else. So just one principle, if we followed, we will see a better pursuit of excellence in our country. And, and there's more like that. It's cheating, stealing, adultery. If we will follow one of those things, we will be a better country. However, these other people on another side, they followed their own intuition and instincts which leads them to inhumane things. Now, America, because we still have residue from Christianity spilling off on people who don't even believe in God Mm -hmm. versus you having places around the country where they beheading people and throwing people off a building and stoning people to death and raping and killing and pillaging people and scalping them in other places around the world. We have the spill off uh, uh, of the godliness in the United States of America and in, in some places in Europe Um, that keeps our society from being completely barbaric. And, you know, I I think that religion plays a tremendous role. If you look at any of the major leaders, even our founders in this country, we're all religious Christian, Judeo-Christian believing people. And some of, some of them, let's, let's go back to slavery. We talk about slavery in this country and it was bad yeah okay it started in africa africans enslaved each other and sold them around the world mm-hmm. so they can't blame the white man for the origination of slavery but yeah. however when they got here a lot of the uh the people who were pursuing ending slavery the people who helped harriet tubman in the underground railroad they were christian folks abolitionists who helped abolish slavery in this country so if it wasn't for the abolitionist Christian you know, we would still be in a, in a position where we would be um, having slaves and, and doing stuff that some of these other countries are still doing today, even though others don't want to acknowledge it. So, you know, that's just my perspective. I think God is a, is a contributing factor to success and the rebellion of God creates this environment where people are so lawless and they, they don't have any any stable environment to to attest to, right? They don't know how many genders. They don't know what they believe. They don't know if you should love a man or a woman. They don't know who they are. They, they don't have a sense of identity they're falling to their own devices
0: mm. I think the older I get the more I understand uh, religion like the more it makes sense like I'm not particularly religious but I, I you know I get it like the family values you know no no sex before marriage you know everything it it, it makes sense the older I get um do you think people who aren't religious can um like, I don't say be saved because I think that's too much of a religious word for me. But like, you know, not go so woke and liberal and crazy um, is religion the only way.
1: Well, see, you got to understand this. You have to say as a person, you, says, you say as you get older, you realize the value of these things. Mm. And so, you know, you got to say you realize the value of marriage. You realize the value of treating somebody the way you want to be treated. All of those things are Christian values. And so although you may not associate religiously, you still are understanding the principles of Christianity. So you may not be religious, but you still, uh, you know, are affected by the religious context Mm -hmm. because outside of the Bible, there is no you should be married. who, Who said we should be married? You know, who said you shouldn't steal or kill somebody? Who said that? Humans don't say that because we've been killing people from the beginning of time. They're killing people right now in other countries with no mercy. they eating people, you know, like you go to places in, in the continent of Africa, they'll kill you, genocide. Like the human nature is okay with killing people. The human nature is okay with having 50 wives, the human nature. But see, what what, what you may be understanding as you continue to, to grow and, and get experiences is that you are actually um, and subconsciously adopting Christian principle and you don't have to be a religious zealot to do that. That's the beauty of Christianity because it's about your personal relationship. People get caught up in a, in, in in this world of thinking you have to be religious. Meaning you have to go to a church You have to do this. You have to do that. It's not that it's that you begin to see in your consciousness what's right and what's wrong. And that to me is when you pursue God in your own life, Mm. where you say, "Look, let me read the Bible. I don't have to be come and say I'm a Christian and none of this other stuff. That stuff is superfluous things that are made up by mankind. But when you start to get that inkling, that feeling, you start to see it and you say, okay, these principles do make sense. Well, why? Where did this come from? It's almost like a historical uh, research. Where did these things come from? Let me read the Bible, and then when you read the Bible, you'll see, wow, this is where this come from. Wow, this is not some fairy tale book where you know th- there's happy stories. That no, this is this is a real book of people having experiences all across the world that never knew each other that are that are the same collective experience, and, and you know, it. I don't know if you've ever read the Bible, but People may think that the Bible is like this book of mysteries, and like yeah. there's this happy stories of per- perfection. And, and no, no, it's like a, it's like a soap opera. You know, uh, uh, everybody in the Bible was messing up. Even yeah. the ones that, that were God's favorite people were just was, was terrible sometimes, and, and it didn't all did all end right. Jesus was murdered on a they hung him on a cross, which is the worst way to die back in those days. All of the apostles were murdered because of their faith. So it's not some little book to make you feel good. It's actually a, a, a books that are compiled together with I, I would think inspiration to help people navigate to their personal relationship with God. And I, I think that religion has really hurt people in that because you look at it and you go, well, I don't want to be a Christian because Christians do this. So I don't want to be a Jew mm-hmm. because Jewish people do this. I don't be a Muslim because Muslims do this. It's like, no, no, no. There is a God in heaven or whatever you want to call it that that has that can have a personal connection with you, that you can build on, you can talk to, you can pray to, whatever you want to do, meditate to, or whatever. But the but the acknowledgement is that there is a higher power up here that you can have a personal relationship with outside of religion. So, and I'm not here to preach to you, but I just see it in you. I see you saying, you know, these are things that I'm knowing. I'm like, this is where you personally. Nobody has to know. You ain't got to talk to nobody about it. You ain't got to tell nobody. You ain't got to declare today I'm a Christian. I'm a born again. Christian. <laughs> you, it's, it's, it's a time where you, where you, within yourself, when you meditate or whatever you do mm. in the morning or whatever, you say, well, God, if you're real, if you're a God, then I want to get to know you personally. I want to get to know you better. What is the truth? Mm. Who am I? What is my purpose? You know, that's the beauty of a relationship with God. It's not this religious crap. Yeah. People have gone too far with this, man, and and then they hate each other, right? My religion is better than your religion. I'm really true. What my words say are really honest, and yours are not really. It's all you know. Just get your personal relationship, and I think that God is is definitely, you know, uh, pursuing you. But anyway, let me get off that subject.
0: No, it's good. I'm I'm actually Jewish. So uh, are you Jewish? I, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, but it's, it's it's for me. I think like Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Like I think they're practically the same um they all come from the same place um so i know the old testament are you orthodox jewish
1: are you are you
0: it's different in england i'm just it's different i'm just jewish like ethnically jewish born jewish culturally jewish yeah like just culturally jewish friday night dinners family jewish school you celebrate
1: shabbat and you you go you stab it
0: not really. Not anymore. Like when I was younger, yeah, at home with my parents. Not anymore. Maybe when I'm married, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll bring it back, but <laughs> I don't know. But um no, I think I think a lot but what but I think the point is a lot of the look, you spoke about Christian Judea values. They're literally, you know, they're the same. Um and I think a lot of those values the order I get as I was saying make sense now. Um, like I understand you know like it might be human nature let's just say for like a man to have multiple wives but like religion brings brings it back to how it needs to be in order to have like that flourishing society um and that that's sort of what makes sense now I guess um but in terms of everything that we've spoken about and how society is um to what extent would you say uh big tech is sort of involved in this narrative like I saw actually the other day um you know PayPal they they um banned the account of gays against groomers which was just crazy um so I'm interested to hear your take on big tech and you know how involved they are in pushing certain narratives
1: yeah I mean they're complicitly involved in pushing a narrative and and working on behalf of the left I mean that's pretty much what it is you can you can see it anywhere I got banned on TikTok it's just (laughs) the craziest thing ever I, I just literally posted the videos that I post on my YouTube I'm not banned on YouTube I post yes. the same videos on TikTok and I'm banned. And I didn't even know I was banned. I just logged in one day and they said, you've been permanently banned. You know, yeah. and I, I see this more often and you have to ask the question, well, why are they banning? I'm, 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 Listen, there are people doing pornography on TikTok, pretty much, on Instagram for sure, Twitter for sure. People are for doing sure. new pornography yes. on these sites and they're not banned. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I say, that I think that this is a mental illness. So I think this is, and you, and I'm banned. But you're saying people can be nude on your website and not be banned. I mean, it's 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 absolutely asinine. But I think people should realize that it is an agenda. These people that work for the big tech companies want to push an idea. We already saw through an investigation that, or hopefully they play out the investigation more, that the FBI was in communication with Facebook. And they were talking about what information should be silenced and what shouldn't be silenced, according to a current, a certain administration's perspective. That is that is that is barbaric. And, and, and for people to think that it's not true and it's just conservatives are complaining. Go, how many liberals have been banned? How many mm-hmm. liberals are banned for the things they say? They can come out and say, I hate they can come out and say Don Lemon on CNN said the biggest threat to America is the white man, the straight white male. That, that it, to me, if you said the biggest threat to America is the straight black man, they will ban you on everything. They'll call you a racist. They'll throw you out of the country. So he can say those things. Joy, uh, the actor, I forget her name. She's a comedian, hey. Kathy Griffin. She had a a, a, a beheaded Donald Trump head, in effigy. He, it was like oh, Donald Trump that. was beheaded, and he, it was bloody. It was his face. It was a it was a uh-huh. it was like a, a doll thing. She's showing uh, the president of the United States beheaded. And she don't lose none of her social media platforms. It's just, it's like, it's clearly a problem. And, and I think that it, it really, what it does to a certain degree is very hard for them to do it. But what it does is it, it, it changes the conversation. So you have people that are looking for information, but they don't never see the conservative side because they're all banned and shadow banned and all this other stuff. And then they only see these liberals and they only see people saying that, oh, drag queen story out is a good thing women uh trans men should be able to uh, trans women should be able to play sports they only see that narrative so they think that that most people believe that mm-hmm. so in re- reality when 99 of people are like this is crazy this is crazy but they're banned from any you know uh re- you know access not all but in a lot of ways the smaller channels get banned
0: yeah it's crazy i also had my tiktok um taken down but then i appealed and i got it back um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe try, try appeal it. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned, um, Donald Trump quite a few times and you like him. What do you think is going to happen at the next election? Do you think he's going to run again? Do you think DeSantis is going to, going to run? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I have, and I wish I could tell you, I have mm-hmm. no idea. I don't know what's going to happen with this legal stuff. I mean, you could clearly see they're attacking him. Yes. You know, last year they could have, FBI could have came and got those, uh, articles from the national archive. They could have done a warrant to, to, to go to Mar-a-Lago. The the Attorney General, I think the Attorney General or somebody, uh, in New York suing him. They could have sued him uh, a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. They could have sued him when he was the President of the United States of America. They could have done all this, but no, they wait until he announced or, or, or like he's he's the front runner for the Republican Party. In the midterms, he has endorsed all of these candidates that are doing really well. So they, they they're attempting to take him out, and they're attempting to put frivolous lawsuits and all of this stuff to drag his name through the dirt. Now I don't know if anything is going to stick because they can find a way to create a situation where he has to get arrested. Yeah. So outside of that, I really do believe that he's, he's going to run again. I mean, I don't, I don't see him not. He's rallying all over the country. If he don't run again, I don't know who is he setting it up. He's setting up the layup for DeSantis or what? Because the only two valuable options in the Republican party right now for president would be DeSantis and Donald Trump. And right now, any poll is showing that Donald Trump is leaps and bounds above DeSantis. Um, but if he gets arrested or something crazy like that, then DeSantis is going to have to step in there and do it, and he would he would be lo- be beloved by the mm-hmm. nation. And, and and I think people in the middle would. Now, this is what I'll say. Let me let me just correct this. Not corrected. Let me just expand on this. If Trump did not run and DeSantis ran, I believe that DeSantis would would not only dominate. The Republican vote, but he'll get a lot of moderate and people who are in between that will vote for him and he will win the presidency in a landslide. I think now Donald Trump is fiery. So he's not going to get Demo- no Democrats, you know, I mean, not Democrats, but you know, like the, the people who are far left. Yeah. He's not going to get them. He's not going to get most people in the middle. He's going to get Republicans turning out like never before. That's what he's going to get. He's going to get a Republican base that's turning out like never before. All the converts who are turning out like never before is his path to success. Um, I think DeSantis would be less extreme, more of gathering people in the middle, because I know a lot of people that just can't stand Trump. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe this time they'll vote for him because Biden is so bad, but a lot of people just can't stand Trump. Like I go to the cigar lounge, all the older guys in there like, I voted for him in 2016, i will never vote for him again. And and Mm -hmm. it, it blows my mind why they would say that, but it's real. People are actually believing that. And, and, you know, but I think that Trump did very, very well in 2020. I think there were some weird things that went on, but I think he did very, very well.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think DeSantis is a character, which would uh, unify people. Trump is just too divisive. He's too, you know, they say he's not presidential enough, you know, the language that he uses and things like that. Um, Yeah. But
1: you know, he, he, he does get a lot of people like him because he's just real. You know, yes. but DeSantis is really good, too, but he's just real. He just tell you like it is. Like, it's a fake mm-hmm. news. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to take the embassy and, and put embassy in Jerusalem. <laughs> you yeah. it. You're like, he, he went to Kim Jong-un. He went went out there and had a conversation with a Vladimir Putin, and he yeah. he's just real. Like, Biden is, reading, Biden is reading something somebody wrote on a teleprompter. You don't yeah. know what he really feel like. You don't know what he's really going to do. You don't know what's strategic, what's So I think a lot of people like that Trump is just don't give a F. And I think a lot of people feel like he do. Like, I'm sick of these politicians. Just get in there and kill it. Be a businessman. Get us back on track. Make it happen. I don't care what you tweet. I may not like your tweets, but I like your policies. We can do a give or take. But with DeSantis being in the fold, I think that it it, it does challenge people's um, idea of saying, well, maybe we have another choice. We may not have to have a polarizing figure. But let me just say this. They're going to do DeSantis the same way they did Trump. They yep. have to. DeSantis is going to come out and be a racist. Some women are going to come and say DeSantis raped them when he was 18 years old uh, in, in in a dream that they had. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they're going to come out against him because they have to to win.
0: Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I saw um, Cernovich actually tweeted um, this 22, this 2022 midterm is life or death. You either understand the stakes or you don't. Do you agree? Do you think it's pretty serious? Oh, yeah, it is. It is.
1: It is. It is. It is. It's 100 percent. Republicans need to get their foot back into the House of Representatives. And also they need to dominate in the Senate because these Democrats are going to. I mean, we see things. you see you see what's happening with the Keystone Pipeline, inflation, gas prices going up. This is a direct policy issue. And Democrats, they don't care about what's happening to us because the end justifies the means. They don't care if our country go to crap. They don't care. Their their goal is ultimate control and power. And they want to separate the classes. They want everybody to be down here eating off the government and the wealthy to be up here as the elite. They don't want a middle class. They want to get rid of Electoral College. They want to pack the Supreme Court so that every liberal policy they push, they can push it through a a leftist Supreme Court, just like they did Roe v. Wade, which which should have never been uh, uh, in place in the first place. We should have never had Roe v. Wade. It's not consistent with the constitution of the United States of America. Thank God we finally overturned it, but you know, it's, it's never was consistent, but this is what the liberals want to do. They want to, they want ultimate power. And if we don't stop them, they are going to do it. And we're going to turn it to China, Venezuela, or somewhere else where you see communism running rampant.
0: Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I am like a an optimistic person, but I don't know about the West. I don't know what's coming over the next the next decade. You know,
1: if we don't stand up, it's gonna be gone. Even in Europe, mm-hmm. you started. they, just, oh, they yeah. just, you know the the the, the uh, Muslim extremists. They just allowed them to come into the country. They, can, you know, it's it's like they're just being politically correct. It's mm-hmm. just it's killing us. Political correctness is killing us, and and they're they're all for it.
0: They are. Do you have any final, any final words, any message that you want people to uh, sort of take away from, from this?
1: Well, be a, be a, be a free thinker, Mm -hmm. go and do research on your own. Don't believe the first thing you hear. Don't even listen to what I'm saying. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, hear me, but verify the things that I say, verify the things that, that you hear and, and and be able to uh, challenge or at least explain what you believe. That is the crucial point. Even when my, with, with faith in God, You know, because I'm a Christian, you know, every day I say, why am I not a Muslim? Why am I not a Jewish? Which I think I'm probably more Jewish than Christian, according to the (laughs) Christian ideology, to be honest, but probably (laughs) the modern Christian ideology. But, you know, you be able to defend your position. And if you can't, then don't be out here arguing with people, you know, go do some research, defend your position. I also will say uh, relationship with God is not a religion. Relationship with God is a relationship. It's Mm -hmm. a personal relationship that can be developed. And I want people to understand that because a lot of people get turned away from religion because they don't want to wear the yarmulke or they feel like that the Sabbath is too much to do or they feel like going to church every Sunday is too much for them to handle. I I just want people to understand that that's not what relationship with God is. Relationship with God is a personal, dedicated relationship every single day, not just on holidays Mm -hmm. and, and, and on Saturdays or Sundays.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's beautifully put. Um, where can people follow you um, and find out all of your stuff, what you're up to, find out more about Black Zip?
1: Yeah, so if you go to uh, theofficertatum.com, the-t-h-e-officertatum.com, that's my website, and everything I do is on my website. My merch, my, my media, my, my uh, syndicated radio show on Salem, my podcast, YouTube, everything you can find. For me. And you could contact me. If you want to contact me, there's a contact tab. If you want to book me, there's a book tab. Everything is on my website, dearstatum.com.
0: Guys, go follow Brandon Tatum. He is doing some amazing things. Um, I love the uh you know, the education that you're doing, the way you're trying to inspire um, inspire people and empower them to think for themselves and get educated. I think that's amazing. So, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you.
1: And thank you so much for having me. It was such an incredible pleasure to be here. And 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 out of out of the people that I've done podcasts with, you are one of my favorites. So thank Aww. you so much.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much, guys. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Follow Brandon, and we will see you all next week. Bye bye. The Leah Heilman Show.